Welcome to the What's In My Head podcast. I'm your host, Julian, and thanks for checking out the audio format of our show. If you want to watch these episodes, check us out on YouTube. Just type in youtube.com slash what's in my head podcast. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as I bring you a piece of your childhood each and every week. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button here as well as on YouTube. Make sure to check us out on all social media platforms. That's where I'll ask you, the fans, to drop a question or two for our upcoming guests. You can find us on social media by searching at In My Head Pod. If you're digging the content, leave us a rating and review as that helps us and other fans of pop culture find us. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, one of my favorite shows back in the day, My Cousin Skeeter, and I got the man of the hour, Robert Richard. Robert, how are you doing today, brother? What's going on, man? God bless everybody. Everybody out there, love y'all. God bless what's going on, world. I got to say, man, you don't look, what are you, 38 now? You 30, look like almost 38, yeah. You look like you're still fucking 15, man. <laughs> What's the secret? What's the secret? Listen, everybody keeps asking me this thing, and I, I keep telling everyone the same thing. This is website. It's called EPM Product X. EPM Products, epmproductx.com. There's stuff called Allure and stuff called Elite. It's incredible, man. Um, yeah. it's like it's all earth, it's made with all active ingredients. I put a little bit of drop in my little palm, like a little dime size, put under my eyes and my face. It spreads real nice on my neckline. <laughs> and uh, you know what I'm saying? Just, you know, it keeps me young, man. You know what I'm saying? Trying to enhance excellence. <laughs> hey, man, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right, man? You should right. be doing just good, man. You know, I reached out, and then I usually uh, wait towards the end to give, like, any kind of shout-outs. However, I got to thank your publicist, Miss Leslie, man, for putting this together. Thank you, Leslie. I really appreciate it. It was God bless you, Leslie. She's a she's a doll, man. So she's a treasure. So we we both give kudos to you. We love her. Yeah, man. So thank you again. All right, man. Let's kick it off, man. You were. Wearing- All right, I got first question. I got first question. Go for it, brother. All right. So you were wearing a Ryu King T-shirt, Street Fighter. Almost, almost, almost. Ooh. So it's sweep the leg. It's that Cobra Kai mashup, brother. Oh, they yeah. kind of just did a little bit of a little jack mode though on that Street Fighter though. Sweet <laughs> leg. Okay, favorite video game from like you know that era. What's what's your favorite video game? Oh man, I played probably Super Mario Brothers three. I played that so many times with my older sister because she was the one that had the Super Nintendo back in the day. Yeah, uh, I would always make her be Luigi because Luigi jumped funny. Um, okay, I always liked the Mario. That one for sure. Uh, if we're talking straight fighting games, though, brother, it's got to be Smash Brothers, and that's a little bit later, you know, GameCube era. Yeah. Uh, but I was wrecking people with Link and Donkey Kong for sure. Got you. I love it. I love it. Man, you? dude, I was probably obsessed with Contra because that was just that era, you know, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, slow, <laughs> BA, start. That's the cheat code for a Contra. That and Street Fighter. I love Street Fighter. I love Guile. That's my guy. Oh, man, I always – there's two people I just did not like fighting. It was Guile and fucking Bison, man. Because they would all do the same, that uppercut kick, and then they would come across like Raiden would do, and it was just, I'd always get destroyed. Him and Dacium were horrible characters, I, for me at least. I love Dacium with the long legs, right? It's the yeah, long legs, long people. arms. He is the uh, yoga master, uh, you know, if you will. Uh, don't mind me just looking off the side. I just got some notes and stuff. I got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Like I said, man, this is going to go all over the place. We'll go from food to ladies, to music, to my cousin Skeeter. It's going to be all in. Dude, I love it. You're, you're a gentleman and a scholar. I like that. Hey, man, I try, right? I never thought, you know, sitting here, I'd be sitting talking, one, to you, but talking to so many people that I've talked to that it had such a huge impact on my childhood. And my cousin Skeeter was not around for long, which is a goddamn injustice, right? It is not fair. 
two seasons went by just so damn quick. Uh, how did you get the call for that one to begin with? Dude, so it's so funny. So Brian Robbins and Mike Tolan, they had a basketball audition for this movie called Sports Theater. It's called Four Points. And Shaquille O'Neal was like the host. And it was like a kid in a sports drama movie, but like Shaquille O'Neal keeps popping into the scenario, kind of like narrating. So Brian was a director. He was from head of the class. He won two awards for Four Points. And then he also won another award for a baseball one we did called first time so we wanted we had basketball one and baseball one and then he's like yo we should make a show for you on nickelodeon so that's how the show came about and i remember i got a phone call they're like we're flying to orlando tomorrow and there's this girl named megan good she's gonna play the love interest and i was just like oh wow like i felt like you know like, <laughs> this is like i'm going to orlando you know universal studios and make a tv show and then it took off now you, you brought up something and, and I'm a Magic fan through and through. Got you. So I got to show you something real quick. Usually I don't step off the line at all. You got a Shaq jersey or what? Not the Shaq jersey. Nah, but got the Shaq and got the penny too. I Great love penny. it. Heck yeah. Anthony Hardaway, man. He was a man back then. Man, Tra Tracy was my favorite all-time player. Tracy McGrady for you kids that don't know. And if you don't know that name, how dare you? Um, for people out there to listen, greatest Favorite guy I've ever met and, and met in real life, you know, uh, coolest dude, biggest person too. Like just, God, man, this dude's six foot eight, two hundred forty-five pounds, and they could just. Shaq's bigger than Tracy. I've met Tracy. Tracy's a good guy. I've met Tracy, but Shaq's bigger than Tracy. Oh yeah, Shaq's about seven foot one. I've never met Shaq. Um, you know, one day though, he's gonna be on here. I'm hoping. Uh, you will. You podcast will. too, if you listen. If, if you listen to podcasts, he's got a great podcast to listen to. Big podcast with Shaq. Um, I got a good story for you recently. Okay. So, uh, you know, the summer just ended. Some people were having, like, the end of summer parties. I go to this party, and they're saying that the door is shut down. I'm not letting anybody else in. So I said, no, you don't understand. I got invited to come. They're like, I don't care who invited you. You're not getting in this party. And then over the gate was Blake Griffin. And when he saw me, he just freaked out. He goes, oh, because it's here. He goes, wait, I'm sorry. I'm a grown man now. I can't react that way. He's like, open the gate, open the gate. He's like, yo, Rob. He's like, Cousin Ski is my favorite show. He's like, come to my bedroom right now. I just want to hang out with you, whatever. So I had a cool Blake Griffin story where he turned into a kid again because of Cousin Ski. How often does that, like, you, you don't think, like, People like me, just normal, regular guy, right? You see somebody like Blake Griffin. Was he playing with Detroit at that time, or was you said this past? This is all this past summer. So, like, obviously, we had we're in the you know COVID world. This is like a couple yeah. weeks ago, or whatever. So, yeah. uh, right now he's not playing, right? I don't know. I, I know the last this past season he was with Detroit. And Correct, but I'm not sure if Detroit went to the to the bubble. Not all the teams went to the bubble. Oh, no, remember? no, yeah. No, the uh, Detroit didn't, but uh, he's still he's still with the Pistons. Now, gotcha. It was, uh, it was the bottom bottom three or four teams or whatever it was for the East Coast. We made it. We got kicked out real quick by Giannis Antetokounmpo. However, you say his last name. I butchered that one. I'm sorry, Greek. For there you, you go. Uh, Good Greek last name. Yeah. Man. My Lakers are still in it. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Kobe Bryant, Mamba Roll. You know. Hey, so rest in peace to a legend, brother. Rest in peace to a legend, man. Absolutely. As, Absolutely. This, this year has sucked. I brought it up numerous times, but I mean, just with, with, with so many people, COVID, you would think, would be the worst. And then they take Kobe. And then they take Black Panther, you know, Wakanda forever. It just, this year just, yeah, man, it just, that one, you know, for a guy that, it, I'm a white guy, right? So obviously super vanilla. 
but you know, for kids looking up to Chadwick or looking up to Kobe, but Chadwick especially, you sit back and you think, God damn, man, they finally, you know, we get a superstar and a guy that all stories told about this man are the coolest dude in the world. Great, great stories. Absolutely. Humble. This man's gone, you know? Selfless. Absolutely. Yeah. Now the good ones always go early, right? That's what they said. It sucks, but that, that's neither here nor there. We're not going to, we're not going to pull down the tempo. RIP both of them both. But uh, yeah, so let's go back to my cousin Skeet. I like hearing that Blake Griffin fanned out almost as much as I fanned out when I got Leslie's email that said you would do this. I'm like, oh shit, I got my cousin Skeeter on. All right, I got I got the best cousin Skeeter story ever. This is gonna blow your mind. Okay, I don't know what year. It's the '90s. I'm friends with Shaq already. Yeah, he invites me to the Lakers forum. And for whatever reason, Michael Jordan was there getting an award or something like that. Just Michael Jordan, you know? Just Michael Jordan. <laughs> After the game, uh, Shaq gives me passes for my grandmother and I to come back in the tunnel for me to go in the locker room. Yeah. I'm walking to the form, like the legendary former where Magic and everybody, and Michael Jordan's walking toward me. And before I can say anything, he says, Cousin Skeeter, wait. <laughs> He's like, hold on, wait, hold on. My kid's favorite show, one second. Can I get a camera? So Michael Jordan pulls out this camera, old school, like slide off the lens where the lens yeah. pops out. You know what I mean? Whatever, Fiji, Kodak, whatever. And it was it was gold, like a champagne gold. And he got a picture of me and I, me and Michael Jordan. And then years later, I was in Toronto. I was at Wayne Gretzky's restaurant. And Wayne was there. Isaiah Thomas was there. Reggie Miller, Tracy McGrady was there. He played for the Raptors at the time. Vince Carter was there. Yeah, was Reggie good. Miller looks at me and goes, Wait a minute, I know your face. You're on top of Michael Jordan's television. <laughs> Apparently for years, me and MJ's picture was on top of his TV because that's where his kids watch television. And I was like his kid's hero. Hey, man, you could, you could essentially retire now. You are on the greatest of all time. Nothing against LeBron James, man. Nothing against LeBron different, different categories and different eras. You know, you had the MJ, you had the Kobe, and now you're in the LeBron James. Who knows who's coming next? Absolutely. Um, you, had, you had the possibility of Kawhi, you know, those Laker killers, um, and they just got ran right the hell out. I love Kawhi, man. I love what the Clippers were doing. Um, sad to see. Cyborg. What's that? Cyborg, right? It's Kawhi. <laughs> He, he just had But yeah, man, uh, we've been talking about basketball for a while. So I wanted to, have you been a Lakers fan since you were real, real little? Is that something you were just instituted into? Born and raised in Los Angeles, my entire family Lakers fans. So, you know, they say like, I'm a Lakers. I say, yeah, I still love the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what was it? Was basketball the only sport you were into as a kid? Play baseball heavy. That was like my sport. Mm-hmm. I kind of like still kind of see the world through sports. Yeah. I mean, that was kind of like my medium, even like all the things that I did in the beginning, my characters were all athletes. Yeah. And, and, you know, even all the way going up through essentially like coach Carter, like my character was still like an athlete. Fantastic. So a lot of my mind frame is from a sports, you know, philosophy and especially looking up to Kobe, him, he was a philosopher, yeah. you know, same thing with Phil Jackson, you know, so, um, so yeah, sports is my thing, but I played baseball, played football and basketball in the city, in Los Angeles, inner city kid, and then, you know, kind of got in this entertainment thing and, you know, the rest is sort of history now. I mean, what, what, what was it about, what position do you play in baseball and what position do you play in basketball? Uh, shortstop in baseball is the captain of every team I ever played for. Basketball is a point guard. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely like the leadership role. Um, you know, I definitely like sort of like 
the gears of life and the gears of basketball, they're really similar because of the yeah. clock, you know? Like yeah. baseball doesn't really have the clock. You got to perform, but you're not really performing against the clock. But like basketball is like that fourth quarter is sort of like the next gear for your assignments. Yeah. And, you know, I've sort of like taken that into my regular life. And, you know, I, I talk to kids all the time. I go to colleges, high schools, do corporate events. I talk to um, different uh, corporations and employees just about being able to like sort of assign yourself to like aiming high and elevating your attitude to elevate your attitude. Um, so, yeah, I love it. Yeah, I, I love talking about it. I mean, hey, hey, like I said, you, you, you kept us entertained with my cousin Skeeter. Coach Carter, fantastic move. What was it like working with Samuel Jackson? Oh, man, it was the coolest thing ever. You know, I like to be honest with everybody in my interviews. I think it's important to let people oh, yeah. know, like, some of the trials, tribulations that we all share. So I meet the real guy, Kenneth, the real Coach Carter. And he tells me, he's like, listen, I love you. You're going to play my son. Then the movie gets, like, casted and the script gets written. And they're like, you're not going to play this movie. You're not black enough. <laughs> what? What? What do you mean I'm not? I'm from Crenshaw. I'm not black enough. So I didn't get invited to audition for Coach Carter. And then um, kind of like at the 25th hour when they couldn't find somebody else, when Kent had already sort of put me on the on the radar, they brought me in for a chemistry read for with Sam Jackson. And that was like probably the best audition of my life because it felt like I wasn't even auditioning, but like I was already on set. Yeah. And Sam just looked at me and goes, he got it. I'm going to Lakers game. That was like <laughs> what he said. And Sam and I were like glue the entire time we're on that film. And what's so funny about it is the original cut of Coach Carter is about four and a half hours long. So the original first cut based on the script, four and a half hours long, they cut it down to two hours or whatever. And all of my scenes with Sam sort of like ended up on the cutting room floor. And I wish that someone had like, been you know generous enough to understand what that would have meant to me if they just sort of like hey these are your scenes not in the movie but keep them yeah but that's not how like business works and so but i had some of the best best times ever on, on set with, with sam jackson now not to get too crazy or graphic here but how many times did he drop M because you hear legendary stories about this guy how many times did he just lose his shit when you guys were filming or was he so we were trying to provoke him like you know <laughs> the movie is okay so the movie might as well have been a fraternity. Yeah. We all get cast. And before the movie starts, we had about a month of just like team chemistry. Mm -hmm. So I remember uh, one of the producers named Charlotte Sumter, she calls me and she goes, you need to go to Howard Johnson's at LAX. There's a guy named Channing Tatum there. You need to pick him up and take him out. <laughs> so I went, picked up Channing. He walks out with his bald head and he's like, you know, model coat on, gets in my car. He was just a regular, like, country dude. Yeah. So we just hung out, went out, had drinks. And then when the um, when the rehearsal started, we had about 16 hours a day of basketball to learn all the plays because it was like choreography for us. Yeah. So it was like the same – Coach Graff was USC's uh, defensive uh, football coach, mm -hmm. and he was, like, in charge of all of the choreography for the movie. He's done, like, the miracle with Keanu Reeves and yeah. – Remember the Titans, a bunch of other sports movies. Fantastic movie. Great. Shout out to Coach Graff. Um, so we were just living in the gym all the time. We were, sometimes we wouldn't even go home because, like, we got to go home and then come back here in seven hours. Might as well sleep in the gym. Yeah. So we had a lot of team camaraderie. So then when Sam came in the picture, we had already bonded. So we were just 
poking fun at him. We like he opened up the box of jerseys in one scene. We had like snakes and planes. Like we're just <laughs> trying to f with him. But uh, he was he was good. He was a good example for us, man. We love Sam. And then the last the last scene of the movie, the last scene of the movie was the party scene where we're all there. Yeah. And that was kind of like a celebration for us. We had worked hard. We've been sweating for four months. And what's so funny is like it's Hollywood sweat, right? Yeah. So they got ice cold like spray buckets, spray cans, spraying us with cold water for months. And like, you know, people were getting sick and stuff. Yeah. But the lights are so that last party scene in the hot tub was like our real sort of like celebration. Yeah. That might as well have been the rap party. Everyone got a little toasted. Uh, we were shooting through eight o'clock in the morning. I was really making out with those girls. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is Hollywood. I always like hearing, uh, you know, just throw it back to sports stuff. I always like hearing the inside baseball, man. So I really appreciate you sharing that story. I like hearing this type of stuff. And, and I like seeing, I like seeing you guys. And by what I mean by you guys is like everybody I interview laughing and enjoying it. Like I enjoyed what you guys did. So it's always nice to see somebody that's in this profession can still, you know, seem like me, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, so it's true. So, okay. So, when we did Coach Carter, I'd already done like three different projects with the character who played Worm, Antoine Tanner. He's like a big brother to me. We did a bunch of other basketball movies together. We did sports together. Uh, we did One Tree Hill together. Um, I just remember when the, the scene between Sam Jackson and Worm in the movie, that was all ad lib. He was actually up there with those girls. <laughs> Not supposed to be up there. <laughs> and he came out and he's so funny. Oh, man, it brought back good memories, man. We had a good time. Yeah, man, I, I, like I said, I, I love hearing this type of stuff, man. It's always fun. You can always tell when somebody is not passionless, but you can always tell when somebody's just doing something because it's either a paycheck or it's like, oh, man, it's just what I'm doing right now. And it's always nice seeing somebody uh, that goes and has got such a respect for not only the game of basketball, but respect for all of their peers and all these people they're working with. And then you guys see you know, even though you guys got the shit beat out of you during this movie, you know, beating, just running the hell out of you, suicides this, suicides that, you know, it's nice at the end of the day when it, you look at this movie, well, what it came out in 2005, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, give or take. So 15 years, you go back, that same damn movie, just like Remember the Titans, well, you just brought up, fantastic movie, probably fantastic my favorite movie. movie of all time. Um, you know, you see how much fun they had, even though they got the dog shit beat out of them. And I just, oh, yeah, they, they were trying to, Rick Gonzalez, who played Timo Cruz in the movie, they were trying to break him. I mean, I would say he probably did over like 150,000 push-ups and, and, and suicides in that movie. They tried to break him. Were you and we kind of really kind of had to get it, go behind, get, get it, sort of have his back. I mean, Rick's one of my favorite actors on the planet. I've worked with him, I think, four times now. We've got a bunch of other movies together. He's great. Uh, love Tanner. Love Rob Brown. Um, love everybody. Them. Uh, Channing and I got along great. Have great stories with Channing. Uh, just, just all around good, good, good cast. I was very, very fortunate to have that in my sort of like repertoire. Cause it kind of like, you know, in my industry, it feels a lot of people in, in the entertainment industry don't end up going to college. Yeah. I went to Johns Hopkins, but it felt like what that sort of like, you know, camaraderie, that brotherhood that you happen when you are living in college and a lot of stupid stuff is definitely relatable that way. Yeah. Uh, when, when you sit back and look at it and you, you think about, the time you spent with these guys, uh, you know, both mentors and just both guys just in the trenches together doing this, you guys are all, you know, striving for the same thing. 
when you when you sit back and think about that, like what are some of the first thoughts? Obviously, you know, you like you said, like poking the bear with, you know, old Samuel Jackson. Uh, but does anything come to mind or is there kind of any thoughts or emotions that elicit, you know, in you that just like, oh, man, when I think I think I think one of the things that comes to mind is just like, you know, whether you're like in the military or you're in a fraternity or you're like on a basketball team, somebody ends up at somebody's house a lot. So like my home was kind of that home during the film where everyone sort of ended up back at my house and, you know, whether it was the ordering the pizzas or the jokes or helping somebody with their other auditions, it's whatever that was that has sort of happened at my house. we got great stories at my, at my home. Yeah. Uh, something that my dad would probably be upset about. I remember my dad walking <laughs> out one time and he had, <laughs> he had misinterpreted something <laughs> and my dad was mad at me for like three weeks, man. <laughs> three so weeks. You brought up, uh, so I, I love food. I work in the food industry. Perfect. Um, it's a it's a great industry, but it's a horrible industry too. I'm mean, pretty sure you can you can find anything to really you know compare to any industry at this point. You know, it's got its good days and its bad days. And you brought up pizza, fat kids since day one, man. What is your what's your go to pizza? Oh man, veggie pizza with pepperoni, extra uh, jalapenos, extra pineapple. I like a heavy, messy pizza. Yeah. So I want heavy sauce. All the veggies, no onions, extra pepperoni, extra pineapple, extra jalapeno so it's hot, and some more extra sauce on the side, and hot wings, cooked hot, extra well. Yeah. Definitely. Extra That's my go-to. Huh? Yeah, man, I love – because here's the question. So I'm not a foodie, but people love food. Oh, yeah. So my question is, what's what? who's at the top of the mountain? Is it pizza or French fries? I don't know, man. I thought you were gonna say. I thought you were gonna go the the logical route and go tacos because then I'm saying shit. It's probably tacos. However, I'm an Irish dude, an American dude, and we love French fries. French fries. I mean, it's it's probably gonna be French fries because I could you know deal without pizza for quite some time. But I'm always going someplace, and if they got French fries, I'm getting French fries. I'm getting the French fries. Yeah. I mean, I try to stay in shape and stuff, but if it's fries in the menu, I'm gonna get them. And fries, potatoes, and tomatoes are very versatile. Yeah. Of a food. So like French fries, they go with steak, they go with like burger, they go with a lot of things. And internationally, they got fries everywhere. People yeah. get like even the Middle East, like if they got like lamb chops, they got French fries. Oh yeah. They don't have tacos in the Middle East, but they got French fries. I'm like, I think tacos, I mean, I think French fries is the top of the food chain for the food chain. <laughs> I mean, I, you, you're not gonna you're not gonna sit here and sway me anyway about French fries, man. I'm a French fry. What what's your favorite place to get French fries at though? Okay, listen, so my favorite, like, quick go-to spot, In-N-Out, French fries. Animal style? Cook light. No, cook light. Okay. So, obviously, we know that In-N-Out has the full potato. They strip it. They do the potato right there in front of you. Yeah. I get them cooked light, McDonald's style. So, they're kind of, like, flimsy. Mm -hmm. Not like chips, but, like. Yeah. Like, kind of flimsy. Oh, so golden. If I go get one burger, I'm gonna get five fries per one burger. Cause you're gonna eat you're gonna eat fries on the way home, and then you still need leftover fries. Some to stack in the burger because you gotta put fries on the burger, and then fries the dip both in the ketchup sauce and the um the special sauce. Now I created my own sauce. Okay. I like to create my own identity no matter what I do. So. I created this sauce called Laybang. Laybang? Laybang. Everyone said, where's the title come from? I said, everyone's always trying to ask you to catch up in life. 
I said, relax. Wait, babe. <laughs> so I got to send you my video of my Lebe sauce. It's a hit, man. I've already sold over 100 bottles. Hey, man, you got to... Who are you? Are you guys uh, bottling yourself and then selling? Yeah, I'm bot- I'm making myself bottling myself. I put a stupid logo of my face on there, and it works. It sells. People, it's like kind of a novelty, but people are collecting it. But what's so funny about it? I have it at a restaurant now. It's a restaurant in LA. It's called Faya. It's in West Hollywood on Third Street, and they have my lay base sauce with their um lamb chops. Yeah, yeah, awesome, man. Uh, so I, I love talking. Like I said, I love talking food, man. Um. What's your favorite cuisine when it comes to food? Ooh, that's great. Okay. I got two answers. The first answer is the answer that my family's going to get mad at me if I don't say it. So Louisiana, New Orleans style, like Creole food. Cajun Creole. Yeah, that's my number one. The best meal I've ever had, I'd say probably in my life, was I landed in New Orleans at one o'clock in the morning, I was in a bar at 3 a.m. and the kitchen was closed. And I asked the guy, is there anybody can get any food? He goes, I'm gonna say if I can just throw you up something real quick. And he came back with crab stuffed snapper Ooh. at three o'clock in the morning with like a little bit of like okra and corn. I just couldn't believe that he made it that. It was delicious. And so when I finished it, I said to the guy, I said, like, can I get another one? Because I don't, <laughs> don't want to, like, you know what I'm saying? It's like kissing a hot woman. Like, you want to have at least one other extra time to know it's your last time. So that's probably my bet, my favorite meal of all time, besides like my dad's gumbo. I've had salmon in Paris. That's like a, with a dill sort of like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, oh, with palm frites, French fries for all y'all who don't speak um, French. Palm um, <laughs> <laughs> frites. That was delicious. And then I had at this one restaurant called PJ's, they had a lobster sort of like in this sort of like Mornay sauce. Mm-hmm. It was delicious with French fries. Once again, French fries. Yeah. Um, so those are like my three top meals. All right, what about yours? What's your, what's your, what's your go-to cuisine? All right, so me, whenever I cook, man, I, every day is Thanksgiving essentially for me. Not so much in the sense that I cook Thanksgiving food, but you know, growing up here, I live in Florida. Uh, live in a little place that everybody thinks is Daytona, but it's called Deltona. It's about 20 minutes, a little outside of Orlando. Okay. And, uh, you know, I grew up with super Southern food, man. So my go-to, if I could eat it every single day, I would, I would be 400 pounds, but I would eat fried chicken every single day. That's one of those things. When you said pizza or French fries, fried chicken goes above. Fried chicken's up there for you. Uh, it's, it's the top. It's the creme de la creme, man. And I'll put mine against anybody's so if you guys are out there, throw down some chicken all right we're gonna have to have a grill off then i'm gonna come to your spot well I'll, I'll be outside on the grill uh my my grill identity is called chef bobby yeah and everything anything you can get in the restaurant that's what i make at the house yeah so i make sushi i make um stuffed peppers i make all the good stuff so if you get if you get the chance i got i started this little thing uh back in march when everything got shut down and everybody got told to go home uh, you know, so when I come up with something, I always like to make it rhyme or sound. So it's an alliteration so people can remember it. You there know, you go. For this podcast, it's called What's in My Head Right Now, right? So it's just like all this different stuff. We're talking food, we're talking movies, we're talking TV. You know, so I started this one. It's called the Vanilla Gorilla Kitchen. Ooh, I like this. Yeah. So it's just a big old picture of a gorilla, white background, right? And it's everything that I cook. And then I go and I do these videos 
Um, as of late, it's been a little bit, you know, back, uh, you know, thrown back because of this podcast, the other podcast, and a whole bunch of other different stuff. However, uh, I go in there, I show people everything I've learned because I've been cooking since I was 12, right? My mom was. Oh, yeah. So you got skills. Hey, I, I don't like to boast. You look young as shit for 38 years old, man. I can cook like I've been cooking for 60 years. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> but uh, it, it's just one of those things like my mom, uh, single mom for most part, two jobs. You know, so growing up, she wasn't Our around too much, right? You know, so it was my way of, you know, trying to help out because she would come well, home. Spoiling mom. You spoiled mom by showing her like, hey, when you come home from hard day's work, I got you. I'm looking out for you. Well, it kind of backfired on me down the road because now she won't cook for me because she says everything I cook is 10 times better. And I just want fried pork chops and fried potatoes every time she comes over and she just won't do it for me. I love it. I love it. You're so, a good man, dude. That's shout out to moms. Gotta love moms. Yeah, man. It's uh, like I said, dad wasn't in the picture. So she was, she did two jobs and like for anybody out there, that's a single mom or a single dad, just a single parent in general. It's so damn hard. I got lucky, man. I've been married for almost 12 years. I got a 10 year old boy. Um, you know, yeah, man. So it's, I, I was one of the lucky ones. Right. So bless you, much man. easier with two people. You got kids. I don't have kids. Okay, let me tell you, before we go to family stuff, talk about cooking. So I didn't cook at all as a kid. All I knew was uh, 310-216-6886, that's Domino's. No known by heart. Like, you know what I'm saying? Order the same thing all the time. What's going on? It's Robert Richard. I have the usual. But I lost 30 pounds, and I had a coach when I was a kid who told me, if you're not cheating, you're not trying. <laughs> So, so I try to figure out how to life hack, like fitness. So I went to my doctor and I, I just grilled him. I asked him like a hundred questions. Like, what is fitness? What's fitness? What's fitness? What is like working out? And he's like, I don't understand what you're asking. I'm like, what is working out? So eventually we got to the answer that working out is small micro tears in your muscles. And whether you're swimming or wrestling or doing CrossFit or jumping or running or whatever you do, yoga, it's these small micro tears. That is what working out is. Mm -hmm. So I was like, so then what if I made it real easy to, to, to tear some muscle? He's like, how would you do that? And I said, well, first of all, I use some science. I said, if I asked you to break this pencil right here, how would you break it? You would snap it. I said, what you wouldn't do is you wouldn't try and squeeze it together. You wouldn't try and pull it apart. You wouldn't even try to twist it because you know it's inefficient. I said, what if we made a workout that's all snapping motions? So that's what I did. I created this thing called Highway Fit with my doctor. I lost 30 pounds like quick. Like that was not October of 2013. And I never got it back. I, I do the workout every day. It's 10 minutes. It's the same snapping motions. You guys go on my website, therobertrichard.com. It's a Highway Fit. But that's when I learned how to cook because I had to learn how to like make food. I thought of it like a garage. I said, if I'm cleaning my garage and I take all the stuff out, then I put all the stuff back in, take all the stuff back out, put all the stuff back in, then I'm not really cleaning the garage. I got to figure out a way to like take things out and never put it back. Yeah. I learned how to cook to like say, how can I make food that was delicious, but like not putting fat back in my body with the meals? Yeah. That's kind of where I started to lean on fish and lean on vegetables. And doing highway fit and i've stayed you know in shape this entire time and that's part of the reason why i feel like i've stayed young but you know yeah but, yeah but you know as far as just like building the family i'm excited about being a dad one day yeah. i use this word around all the time i call it father shit and like i try and father 
every aspect of my life, whether it's my relationship with my friends or my relationship with my, with my family, my relationship even with God, I try to make sure that I'm living like a father's example because, you know, young people are going to be watching. Your kids are going to be watching. You want to sort of like, you know, create good habits for them. So I'm excited about being a dad. I want to be like a dad of like six kids. So I want a bunch of kids. <laughs> well, I thought I thought when I was younger, because, you know, going back to the basketball thing. But don't let me forget, man, you, you set off a number for dominoes. I want to ask you one question. Well, actually, let's start with that one real quick first. Yeah. And I'll end up getting off on a tangent and then we'll go here. Before cell phones, we always had to remember phone numbers, correct? Right. 213-215-8050-294-3505. Desiree Lasagna is number 9379109. My best friend Brandon's. I, I know everybody's number by heart. So I, I can tell you a telephone number from somebody from last week. If they gave me a number by like by heart, like that lady's number was 516-388-3454. Like I can just remember a telephone number like when everyone is just gives it to me like out loud. I mean that that's that's some shit because there was only so growing up, there was only one or two that I remember. Obviously, when something goes bad, you know who to call. Uh, right. Back in the day, I knew my Ghost mom. Remember. Right. And then the third one, uh, for music people, he, he was a one-hit wonder. Now, I don't even want to say a one-hit wonder because that's not fair. He had one song that was so huge during that whole chopped and screwed moment, right? So Mike Jones. Remember Mike that? Jones. 281-330-8004, right? That's the only number back in the day that I could remember. So listen, take my number down right now. You got a pen right there? Don't don't say it over here because I'm stupid when it comes to this stuff. But I'll give you my number at the end of this after I start recording or after we stop recording because I don't want anybody to have to call you and shit. Unless you want people to call you. But I don't know how to edit. I'm a nice people. guy. People, I'm out here hugging grandparents, kissing babies. Take my number down. I got you, brother. All right. 213. Got you. 215. Got you. 8050. That's an easy number to remember right there. Easy number. So you call me. It's, it's going to ring right here if you call me. There you go. See, I got you. Boom. All right. So we're going to stay buddies. We're going to have to have a cook-off soon. By the MCO. I know what that stands for. And then uh, we're going to have to have a cook-off or something. Hey, man, you just let me know. You tell me what you want, and I guarantee you, I, I always put this out there. Anybody that I ever interview you guys are ever in the area for Orlando, Deltona, that type of area. I'll bring you over. I'll give you the best damn meal. I'll make What's the best meal? Is is lunch better than breakfast or is dinner better than lunch? I don't Well, if you ask if you ask somebody that works in my industry, everybody hates brunch. It's the one day a week where we do a whole new menu and it's a pain in the ass. And then generally with brunch, everybody is a special order. Everybody's their own little person at the table and we just hate it. However, I love eating brunch when I don't have to work. Ooh. Um, when it comes to breakfast foods, my wife has been on a, um, so she, we're talking diets and stuff like that earlier. She's on this huge kick. She's lost, I think it was 50 pounds since November, right? Yeah. Just cutting out, cutting out carbs, cutting out gluten, cutting out sugar, you know, just eating meat and veggies, trying to go as keto as possible. Yeah. Nothing white, no, no sugar, no salt, no carbs, no butter, no oil, no cholesterol, nothing white, no rice, no so starch. Man, rice is so hard to take out though. <laughs> you got to get rid of it, man. That's how I lost a part of my weight, man. Cause I love uh, white rice with steamed spinach with Tabasco sauce. I'm so yeah. I love like what's, what's your go-to hot sauce? Uh, McIlney's Tabasco. That's like my top of the top of the yeah. line. Yeah. What you what do you like? Uh, it depends. Like if I'm doing hot wings and I don't make my own hot sauce, 
I like something that's got flavor, but not a lot of heat because I think when people do hot stuff, right, they go super, super hot with no, no flavor. So there's no. Yeah, for sure. So what's that? Frank's Red Hot for you or what? (laughs) No, fuck Frank's Red Hot. I'm just kidding. Uh, I like, what's that? Crystal, Louisiana. Which one? I like Crystal, but I like Texas Pete. Yeah, Texas Pete's good too. I like Texas Pete. Texas Pete butter, and then you season the hell out of that, and you got the best quick and easy hot wing sauce, right? So it's just something I've done over the years. Yeah, like, okay, so obviously there's different types of hot sauces. I feel like uh, Louisiana, McElney's, like, you know what I mean, Tabasco sauce, that's probably like my, like my Michelangelo, like, yeah. of like, you know, hot sauces. It's like, come on, man, it's like Michelangelo, like <laughs> Sistine Chapel, like, come on. <laughs> uh, I like, uh, there's there's a whole bunch of different ones. Uh, El Yucateco, or El Yucateco, or El Yucateca, I can't remember which one it is, but they've got a whole variety of sauces. They've got really good hot sauces. Um, you ever been to a Firehouse Subs? Mm-mm. No? They no. do the thing. There's a, there's a pepper that's grown only here in St. Augustine, essentially. It's called a daddle, D-A-T-I-L. And if you ever get a chance to go to a firehouse subs, you're not eating bread or anything like that, but you can get these things on salads, but you got to check out their hot sauce called the Daddles hot pepper sauce, bro. This Ooh, thing, I like that. It looks like barbecue sauce. So it's got sweet heat, but I'm telling you, man, you put that to stack flavor on flavor, layer on layer, brother. It's great. They got a company in Arizona. It's called sting and linger. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. So the dad is a mom and pop shop. He'd make it with his daughters. The, the logo is like a, a wasp and a bee. So it was like sting and linger. You know what I mean? <laughs> and he does these sauces and like just like high quality peppers. He's got about eight or nine sauces. Some of them like a barbecue hot sauce. Some of them like a green verde sauce. He's got a bean and corn like hot sauce. He's got all these great sauces. But he's obsessed with it. He bought like a warehouse, makes it in a vat. And it is delicious. Sting and linger. And is it it's a, not mainstream, but you got to go is local. Is it local where you're at, though? It's in Arizona. I'm in California. Arizona. Okay. Yeah, that's right. So, uh, man, we're giving all shout outs to that. I love it. I love, man, there's room at the table. No pun intended. There's room at the table for everybody to eat, man. Everybody could get their slice. And I always love when you guys or myself or anybody we can, we find something we like. We got to tell everybody about it. And that's what that's what, that's what makes this world so damn great, man. It's cyclical, right? It's always going. Absolutely, man. You know, life's about service, man. You got to give, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian, I'm saying we got to take care of our families and the best way to do is to put God first and just be of service to other people. That's probably where we're going to have the best reciprocity, you know what I mean? I mean, you, you couldn't have said it any better, my friend, man. It's, it's like I said, it's just crazy. Not It's crazy me sitting here talking to you for one, but it's crazy how cool of a fucking guy you are, man. Like, oh man, we get along, bro. We get, we got we some good times. So I'll let you, it's, it's, it's I'll just, let you beat me in 007 in our gold nine. Oh uh, man, like I, I, I'm horrible at shooting games. Uh, my games are always now. If you want to pick up the sticks and lose in 2K, I'm your guy. You just let me know. So I don't know if you're a big 2K guy, but uh, I am. But you, probably, I, 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 I'm a little rusty on my 2K. I played gold nine with somebody. And I was okay in a video game. If I have to do this, then yeah. I'm gonna lose. If I can do like sliding, or I can like slide across and shoot you, then I'll be all right. So was uh was golden? What was your go-to system back in the day? What was your favorite system when you were playing? I would say Golden Eye is what I played the most of all shooting games. Yeah. What was that? Is that sixty-four? Was that? Yeah, sixty-four. Great. Right. System. Right. 
And then like, uh, what was the other one that was like Wolfenstein? It was another kind of game like that. Yeah, it was another big one too. Yeah. So yeah, but I would probably say, I mean, okay. So my dad, I'd have a lot of money growing up. So my dad was on a road trip, my uncle coming back from Louisiana and they found a painter's van mm-hmm. and they shipped it home. <laughs> and so when he got there, they're like, we're gonna make this into our little project, bro. They painted this van gold, they gutted it, they put captain seats in the back with these TVs and big captain seats in the front. They cut windows out of the van and put big like tan windows in. When the whole thing was done, every kid like in my high school, they called it the Van Gogh. <laughs> so we had video games in high school in the van. So we had a Dreamcast, a Sega Genesis, a Nintendo 64. I think that was the, the three that we had. But we could play, we would play, go play video games at lunchtime. I mean, that was like, I mean, so many people probably, that explains why people have kids right now, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Have you thought about hooking your dad up with the exhibit, man? I mean, I'm pretty sure Pimp My everything's starting to come back, man. So I'm pretty sure Pimp My Ride. I don't know if you remember that show. I remember that show. So the van's the van came from Shaquille O'Neal's idea. Shaquille O'Neal had this thing called a Ford Explorer, but it wasn't like the SUV. It was like the van Explorer. Yeah. And he gutted his and put like lights and big seats because he could fit. He was seven feet and all this stuff and speakers and stuff. So that's what. The idea sort of came from because my dad saw Shaq's van and was like, I'll make my son the same van. So that's where the idea came from. But I had a good time. Thanks, Dad. Appreciate that. I had a good dad. I, I, that, that's awesome. I, I like, I, like I said, man, I love hearing this type of stuff, man. Uh, so, what was your, um, how did you get into this industry if, if, uh, originally? I mean, worst, worst way to get in. So, I'm out in the street fighting just doing things I'm not supposed to be. That's why I'm a big advocate that kids need something productive to do because they don't, they're going to get in trouble. Yeah. I'm out in the street fighting. I'm outnumbered. I tuck into some like, you know, industrial building and the building happened to be an acting school. So I was in there just stalling. Just like, oh, what do y'all do here? Can I get a tour? I was just trying to avoid a fight. Mm-hmm. You know, some adults are there and they're going to fight them on pop off. Yeah. And then when I was just stalling and filled the application, all the girls were cute on the wall. I ended up starting to go to school there. And when I got to school at this acting camp, I never participated. Cause I, I didn't feel like I like related. Cause I was a sports kid. I'm like, so when, it, when, when we get to go outside and throw the ball around. Yeah. So, and then one time uh, my acting teacher, Mrs. D, she asked me if I was scared. And I, that was what set it off. And someone asked me, like, am I scared of going up on stage and doing my best? It's like, I'm not scared of anything. So that's how I started. Now, how – it's crazy because I, I read a little bit, you know, because I knew you from, like I said, Coach Carter. Yeah. And Skeeter. You know, when I start looking and then I find out where you were born and where you grew up, I'm like, damn, that's some rough shit, right? Yeah. And then you start reading deeper and deeper. And you're like, god damn, man. Like, how – how – I just don't understand, like – you're the nicest guy I've ever really met. You know, I've met some really nice guys. Right. Do you think you got all of that, you know, angst or that anger out of you at that young age? And then you misdirected towards acting or how did that happen? No, no, no. You know, it's so funny. I still kind of have that, like, you know, ferocity, you know, sort of like that's still kind of that edge. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I can say that I have to do a great job of just managing that and putting it somewhere productive. So, you know, the highway fit thing for me, even though it's my fitness, it's kind of a meditation. I'm taking 10 minutes. I'm kind of pushing myself. You know, it's, it's great for anybody. If you've never known fitness, uh, I have four versions publicly. Uh, one's called first timer. So if you've never known fitness, like Tiffany Carr, she was 400 pounds. She lost 250 pounds doing the workout. But if you're an athlete, you can like, there's another, there's one called, uh, frequent flyers and that's kind of like it's going to push you yeah so i sort of have this sort of routine in my day that's sort of like kind of meditation kind of fitness but it's kind of like exhausting me a little bit yeah. so it kind of lets that gas out but it's there and my all my family is military so kind of like that assertiveness and you know sometimes it comes out and i try to make sure that i understand that even though it might not have been an opportune time to come out what am I upset about? And if my dad found out, would he be mad at me? Yeah. And I don't like injustices. So no matter who I work with, if you say hi to me every single day, and you see the janitor every day, and you say hi to the janitor every day, then I don't fuck with you. <laughs> Man. <laughs> you know, so like, so like the times that that sort of like edge comes out is when I feel like somebody is either talking down to somebody who's a woman or a kid or treating somebody like they're less than because why? Because they work hard and they show up before you and they go to work after they stay to work after you. They don't make as much as money as you don't mean they're not worth it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and that would be, I would say that I'd be assertive to anybody who I feel like has an injustice. So that's usually when it comes out. Now you said, so I, I brought it up a few times, but it's not something I like bringing up because it's, it's very weird when it happens. Um, but you said your family was military. What branches? Yeah. My dad was at Fort Hood army. Okay. I in got Texas, uh, in Colleen, I, Texas. I did a, I was in Navy for about seven and a half years. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, it was good, but it wasn't good. You know, I got a little hurt and every once in a while, but everybody has it. Everybody always told me, you know, it is what you make it right. That type of thing. Um, and I didn't really notice that or, feel that or understand that until I got a little bit older and I got out and then I started seeing, you know, the grass from the, the hill or you know, grass is always green on the other side type of thing. Um, so your dad was army and my brother was army. That, my nieces were army. My, my grandfather was a Marine. How did, how did, how did that go when your dad joined the army? Cause it was always weird. Whenever I joined the Navy and my uncle was army and my brother was a Marine and they told me you're way too nice of a guy. Don't come over here go to the Navy. They knew I wanted to cook. And I, I eventually want to cook for a president. That's one goal I have. I don't care who the president is. I'm not a political guy, but that's one thing I've always wanted to scratch off my list is to cook for the highest ranking official in our country. Right. Amen. Um, but what was that? Do you ever remember asking them or seeing them? Like, would they ever, you know, go back and forth like Marine versus army? It always happened Navy versus Marine. So yeah, that didn't really happen in my family. It's kind of funny. Cause like my grandfather was my mom's dad. And then my dad's 87. What? So, like, my my grandfather, I guess his birthday was, like, in April of 33. Mm -hmm. And my dad was in December of 33. So, they're only eight months apart. Like, there's not, there's not like, a, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all the same era. You know what I'm saying? Korean War, that kind of stuff. Yeah. So they really, you know, it, I think it was kind of water under the bridge by the time I was around because my dad had me, you know, when he was 50. So when I'm 10, my dad has sort of the, the wisdom of a 60-year-old. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know, we all protected our country. You know what I'm saying? That kind of thing. 
Um, but I, I definitely respect, you know, the armed forces. I respect the people who keep us safe. Um, you know, America is the biggest police agency in the world. So we got to sort of look out for everybody. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't disrespect our president no matter who it is. We, we vote him in. It's democracy. You know, yeah. if you don't like it, vote more. <laughs> That's the only thing you can really do at this point, man. You, we, you know, whether you feel like we messed up or you feel like we got it right, I'm not the guy to say it because everybody, it's like voting is an opinion, essentially. You know, everybody has their choice to do whatever they want. Um, and then for some reason over the last few years, it doesn't matter whether what it is about politics, it could be about movies, TV shows, whatever, you know, social media has got such a negative light, justly so for some things, but there's a lot of positivity that really, you know, comes through in social media. Like this right now, man, we're, we're gonna sit here, we're gonna talk, we're gonna reach some people. There's gonna be some people that are having a shitty day and they're gonna see this and then, us talking about who, how, me shitting on Frank's hot sauce, right? Somebody's right. Gonna laugh, they're gonna, they're gonna go and then they're gonna create their own hot sauce. Their entire goal is to be better than Frank's, man. So right. in the end, Frank's kind of wins because competition, iron sharpens iron type of thing. Iron sharpens iron, you know, capitalism. That's what we do here. I mean, I, I don't. You think know, it's funny. Like, you know, I, I talk to young people, and I feel I feel bad that they're indifferent. Mm -hmm. I'd rather them be charged up for one side or the other yeah. as opposed to like them feeling like the system that's in place because completely failed, failed them that their voice yeah. doesn't matter. They don't feel like their vote is an increment toward, you know, the ocean that they want to bathe in, you know? So I feel bad for that. And, you know, I just try and one, be a good listener. I think it's important that before you tell somebody what they should be doing, you kind of kind of have to like listen to them and hear why they feel that way. Yeah. And then figure out a way if you can start asking them questions that they can hear their own self come to a realization of, well, I guess when you ask it like that, then maybe I should participate. Yeah. But in the household that I grew in, that was everything. It was never about telling somebody what to do. It was always about asking someone a question mm -hmm. and being a soundboard for them, for them to hear themselves. Yeah. That's kind of how I, you know, sort of like approach, like whether it's like education or just trying to like encourage somebody, kind of just trying to like ask questions. I mean, that's a great way to really look at it. I mean, because nobody's going to sit here and do something if you're sitting here pointing or if you're yelling, you know, and it in the heat of the moment, it's always weird, right? Because it's like, you got to get something out. You got to be the one that says something. You got to be the angry guy, that type of stuff. And it always happens, you know, we're human. But I said something the other day, I'm never going to forget it. It's new in my repertoire. So I was talking about a vault. I said, what's going to happen if you just yank on a vault? Like, you're never going to get it open. Yeah. You need the right combination. And so that's how you should approach life. If you got something that you want to, like, change or open or release, focus more on the combination and how to get that combination to open it up. Because when you do it the right way, it's easy peasy, you know what I mean? Just unlock, unlock it and open it up. So I've been trying to use that as a philosophy now of like, okay, before I say something to somebody, was that the right combination to get the right, you know, reaction or access that I wanted? I'm working on that. Have you have you written any books yet? I never read a book in my life. Come on. I've never read a book. I mean, I guess like what, like Dr. Seuss, that don't count. Come on. No, 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 not 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 read, written. Have you written a book yet? I haven't written a book, but I'm thinking about it. I mean, you got have some titles right here, huh? You got at least three books that we've been talking about here between hot sauces. You can call it hot sauces 
and philosophies or some shit like that. I don't know. We can brainstorm. What my, my brother called my books. Hold on, let me say, what did my brother call my book? Where did he put that? Man, my brother put a title. I got so many phones. Sorry, I got about four phones. That's sometimes kind of, my, my brother. My brother made me write a, a book title at least. Did, I don't know where I put it. I should have put a book in there. Are you the no. younger or are you the older? He's my older brother. Yeah. I think it was something about reaching your potential. Yeah. Um, Because I did an interview the other day that says the interview was called I'm the only one in the room. Mm-hmm. And so mine was I'm the only one in the room that believes in your potential more than you do. I mean, hey, man, if Tony Robbins can do it, and if you ever listen to this guy, I'm not shitting on Tony at all, um, but I'm just sitting here just side-eyeing him real I don't believe anything I don't believe him I don't think he follows his philosophy however I'm eating up everything you're saying man so you've got a gig if you ever want to sit here and retire you can travel around the world I got something for you okay I got something for you write this down Earl Nightingale I got you Earl Nightingale he had it's called the strangest secret is on youtube it's 30 minutes it'll change your life he said the definition of success is an active pursuit of a worthy ideal some deep shit i'm like that's deep yeah. and he's saying whether you're the teacher that wants to be a teacher and wants to inspire kids and educate them whether you want to be the best salesman in your company, whether you want to change the world for the better through science or medicine, the active pursuit of a worthy ideal is the definition of success. And he goes on about that, and it's mind-blowing. But what's crazy about it is, like, if we were talking for a long time, I could probably recite the whole 30 minutes because the (laughs) words that he uses and the order that he uses them, it goes deep into your brain. Yeah, He talks about, like, why do you get up in the morning? And he said, if you ask 100 men why they get up in the morning, 95 of them said, well, because everybody else does it. He said, that's the reason why you do it? And the way that he poses that question, he's saying that, like, listen, you need to activate, like, your assignment to yourself of what your goals are and then do things deliberately because that is what you set out to do. That You don't get on some boat and just go on somewhere like you got to figure out where you're going get some coordinates get a navigation figure out how much food you're going to need for the voyage if you're going to japan if you're going anywhere in a boat in a plane you have a destination in mind and you understand the parameters of the destination okay this is the weather today here's how much fuel we're going to need and this is a backup fuel we're going to need life jackets when we get there we're going to land going at this angle all these specifics and you should be assigning your day to the same specificity that someone would, if they're going to go on a voyage, on a car ride, on a um, in a plane, or across a boat. This is life itinerary. Life itinerary with destination in mind, clear destination, where you are, and where you are going. Well, I've got that one written down right here, my Earl Nightingale, the strangest a- secret. Now so it's great. You you gave me one, so I'm gonna give you two for the price of one, right? So all right, there you go. I'm a, I'm a big podcast listener. Uh, Joe Rogan had both of these guys on. The first one is called Jocko Willenick, right? If you just type in Joe Rogan or Jocko, uh, it's it's called Good, just G O O D, right? Um, if you want to, if you are ever lacking motivation, ladies and gentlemen, 
this is the video you want to pull up. It's about a minute, 45, two minutes long. And it's him talking about failures and how everything he did, because he's a special warfare guy from uh, back in the day. And then there's another guy. He's also a special warfare guy. Uh, he was, his name is David Goggins. You ever heard of him? Everybody knows him. He did. He's, he's our generation's like top of the line. We yeah, all know. It, it, it's just anything with him. If you ever lack motivation, if you ever don't want to get out of bed, if you ever sit here and think about why do you get up and that whole 95, 90% goes, oh man, because everybody else is. Listen to David Goggins too, because this dude will tell you why you need to get up, why you need to move. Oh yeah, Goggins is great. Goggins talks about how like at some point in life, life is going to expose you. Oh yeah. So you got to be ready for that. You know what I'm saying? You can hide in the shadows for only for so long, but you're going to, you know, whether it's like not meet your maker, but you're going to meet that sort of like, you know what I'm saying? What it is that insecurity or whatever you have, you're going to be exposed to some life. So, so put in the work now. I'm, I, I do. I deal with Goggins. I like him a lot. So how, how did you get onto this? This not so much. Well, I guess it is. It's a way of life. This philosophy. How, how did you go from fighting in the streets to going to an acting studio to starring in some stuff, and I'm not trying to, you know, diminish anything you've done, but it's just a no, you're not. little, little stuff to make people follow along. And how did you get here, teaching and preaching? That's a great question. Great, you know. I you like that. So first of all, I'm gonna have to give all the credit, like obviously to God, mm-hmm. but to the people around me. Everybody in my life is better than me. Yeah. So. Every person I talk to on the phone, you know, whether it's my brother, Brandon, whether it's Shocker, whether it's my brother-in-law, Beckham, whether it's Amher, who's in Hawaii, every little net, everybody in my life is better than me. So I kind of, I'm constantly trying to like reach their bar and have it have ambition to sort of like level up. Mm-hmm. And if I can be somebody in your life that you look up and say, hey, like, I admire Rob for that. That's what's making me want to be as great as I can be because I admire everybody around him. You know, my dad, everybody. Yeah. So I think that's kind of the, the one place that it started from. And then two, also, I went to school. I'm telling you, some people don't like going to school. And then you grow up. And then you're thinking, damn, I wish I would have learned that in school. And so when I was in school, I learned, like, I'm going to say this very simply because it, it, it means a lot to me, like multiplication and division. Mm-hmm. I can add like a son of a gun. Yeah. <laughs> and there ain't a lot of things you can talk me out of if it don't add up yeah. to the mathematics that I learned in school. So having that tool and putting in those extra hours, like when I was in school, I mean, yeah, I was a bad kid, but I was in school. I was a nerd too. Yeah. And my family sent me to school on Saturday. Every Saturday I went to school. I had a teacher that only taught me math on Saturday from 7 a.m. to like noon. So I had like extra five hours. Now, five hours times 50 weeks, that's 250 hours a year. Yeah. <laughs> I did that for 10 years from like 7 to 17. So I got 2,500 extra hours of just mathematics with like the assignment of being excellent at it. Yeah. It's been like the biggest tool. It don't matter if it's in real estate and finance and business and cooking, it don't matter. Some point math gonna be on the table and I know how to add it all up. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I don't know what the uh, statute of limitations is, but I'll, I'll leave everything completely out of here. Uh, when it comes to, there's a few things that I can sit here and just wax poetically about, right? Right. It, movies, cartoons, comic books, and food. Right. Really my go-tos. Yeah. You start adding in stuff like math and science, philosophy, you know, any of these crazy things that you're supposed to learn or you're supposed to really latch on to didn't do too hot right but i got lucky because i had the smartest woman in the world my wife gotta have one man she she walked every big head is strong neck right (laughs) (laughs) she uh she walked me through my entire college algebra class when i went back to school when i was going to culinary school because you have to do you know the academic side then you have to do your culinary specific side and i have never seen something that looked so much like french or so much like japanese just so crazy when it came to just regular ass math that kids were already doing in you know high school, let alone I'm in college and I don't know this shit, you know. So yeah, I mean, I wish I wish I would have done that extra, you know, 2,500, uh, 20, 250, whatever it was. Yeah, 2,500 extra hours of mathematics just on the weekend, like off to the side. I will tell you this: that is the same philosophy that Kobe Bryant had. Yeah. Kobe Bryant said, "If I get to the gym two hours before you, and I leave two hours after you." And we go six days a week. And those four hours times six days is a full day. Yeah. So I'm one day ahead of you in basketball every week that we play. So in, you know, 52 weeks, I'm 52 days ahead of you. There's seven days in a week. That's seven weeks and three days ahead of you. So every year, you see what I'm saying? Like every single year. I'm seven weeks ahead of you in basketball. That's where the championships, the ice cold veins, the, you know, mentality uh, beaters are coming from. Like I've just outworked you. Yeah. Elon Musk says the same thing. Elon Musk says, if you go to work 40 hours a week and I go to work a hundred hours a week. And at the end of the year, you've done 2000 hours and I've done 5,000 hours. So I'm already a year and a half ahead of you just in one year. Imagine how that adds up. Like in 10 years, you're 15 years ahead of somebody. Yeah. So like, imagine like being 20, working that hard to your 30, but having the brain of a 45 year old at 30 and the work. Like that sounds smart to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's crazy. You see all these guys that are these just winners, right? So you've got people like MJ, Kobe, you've got uh, Mike Tyson, you can throw in there too, right? Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, they all have this mentality. And Mike Tyson had one of these things, and I can't remember, and I'll butcher the quote 100%, so I'm just gonna shorten it up, right? He was out there running at five o'clock in the morning, and he wasn't doing it because he wanted to, you know, so much be better. It was he knew that his opponent was sleeping at five o'clock in the morning. And that's what it's all about. Motivation took. Because he knew as soon as he got in there that he had an hour of running before he had to go and fight this dude. He had to know he had an hour of running while this dude was still sleeping. He was going to walk his ass dry as soon as he started. I was working while you were sleeping. I'm going to outwork you all yeah. day. You don't have to have talent, man. You just got to have that work ethic. Talent helps, but that work ethic is what takes they you. They say work level. ethic beats talent every single time. That's crazy. You know what's so funny about that is that, um, like, you got kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you need to cheat. Like, just work, do the homework with your kid. Help your kid get better grades, but then you'll be learning with them. 
He'll he'll get worse grades. That's why I have my, my I, there. I have mom's help. Like, listen, oh, you know, I'm a cook. <laughs> we're gonna eat and this mathematics. We're gonna make a game out of it. Hey man, it, it, it takes it takes they say it takes a village to raise a kid, man, and it takes a team to win a championship, right? So anything yeah, everybody achieves more for sure. Yeah, anything I can't do that she does, man, it's always fantastic. Um, and we're we've hit about that hour mark. About how much longer you think you got? I'm late for another meeting, but we're still having a good time, right? Hey man, so I'll only keep you on for five, about five, ten more minutes, but I'll hit you with some rapid fire questions real quick. So, Coach Carter, Cousin Skeeter, which one do you like more? Damn, that's a good question. Damn. <laughs> Damn. And this is not gonna make any of you guys mad. I'm just I'm just trying to figure that's out. That's a good ass question. I'm gonna go with cousin Skeeter. Damn, I'm gonna go with cousin Skeeter. How come? I think that more people see themselves in Bobby as who that my character was than Damien. Like Damien's great, but a lot of people see themselves as other characters, like whether it's like Timo Cruz or like Rob Brown's character or whatever. You know what I mean? It's a class clown. Not everybody relates to Damien. Yeah. Damn near everybody relates to, to Bobby because, you know, he's just like trying to get the girl growing up. <laughs> you know what I mean? So cousin Skeeter, that damn, and a the theme song. You know how he goes. Yeah, was it seven hundred two? Huh? Was it seven hundred two? Was it Stelio? Seven hundred two. Seven hundred two. They yeah, were hot. So what was crazy about that is when you see, I so I pulled up that theme song shortly before, and I was smiling from ear to ear. I'm sitting back. I'm like, holy shit, I'm twelve again, right? Yeah. So I'm, there and I'm laughing and I'm just enjoying it. And then I start looking. And I'm like. Man, you can see influences from not only Will Smith getting jiggy with it, that that video, right? And Diddy and Mace. Yep. Uh, what was it? Uh, no, you can't stop me now. Shit. Uh, fuck, man. I had a had a brain fart. Senior can't moment. nobody take. Uh, uh can't nobody. No, it's not that one. It's not, oh, it's it, uh, it's the bubble video when they're on this. I don't know what they yeah. want from me. It's like the more money we come across. That song. Yeah, it was the one right after. I think it was the first video after they did, uh, you know, obviously the tribute to Biggie. But I think it was the first one where he came out as not just so much a producer. He was doing his own thing. Yeah. Um, you saw influences from these two videos. And I'm sitting here watching. I'm like, my God, this is the 90s reincarnate. This just takes you back. I could smell what I was eating, sitting on the couch when I'm hearing Nick, 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 Nick. Well, listening to that, I hear that and I'm just transported to a time. It's just a, such a fun theme song yeah man it's nostalgia man for sure yeah, you know it's uh man it's just nerding out just a little bit but uh so what was the next one? Oh, what was it like working with an actual puppet though was that difficult to get a hold on or peter's real next question <laughs> i was seeing if i was gonna get you because they never ever made a reference to skeeter being a puppet and i love it he's my cousin <laughs> next question <laughs> what was bill bellamy like uh I never worked with him. <laughs> no, because 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 Bill was in the studio. I mean, I love Bill. Bill's my guy. You know, but Bill did all his work in post from New York. We shot in LA. So how how did that work? Because when you would talk, would they have somebody feeding the lines, or would there just be somebody talking? Or the how would greatest, that? Greatest the greatest actor ever, Drew uh, Drew Massey. Drew Massey. It's funny because like okay, so okay, what's so funny is this. I've never seen anything I've ever done. So I don't know the voice of Skeeter as what everyone else knows. I know the voice of Skeeter when he's on set, which is with Drew. 
And that was like the best. I mean, him and I were like best, best friends. Yeah. You know, and like that, that was where all the chemistry came from. It was great. I love Cousin Skeeter. I'm not too versed on one-on-one. I caught some back in the day, um, but nothing against you guys or one-on-one, but smart guy was my go-to. I don't know if you Taj Maori and everybody. Yeah, Taj Maori, yeah. Yeah, that Here's was something that I was, didn't know. So I never watched one on one. No. And then um, they made me do like a interview, and they brought up a couple episodes I had to watch. I didn't realize that we had a celebrity on every single episode of one on one. Really? Like we had like Carmen Electra, we had Common, we had um, Chris Brown, we had Lil Wayne, we had um, Kevin Frazier, we had um, Lisa. Le- every single episode. Yeah. There was a celebrity. I just didn't realize it being on set. Like I was kind of like not, not oblivious, but I was still in university when we were making one on one. So I had homework every day. So when I stepped off set, I was like, my head was in the books, studying engineering. Yeah. So so I didn't. I think some things I kind of missed. But it comes back on October sixteenth. I know, and I'm looking forward to it because it was funny because they'll play. I don't think it's Nick at Night so much. I, I think it might be called something else, or they might have the Nick at Night things. Right. But, you know, so my kid's flipping through, and I hear your voice, and I'm like, I know Cousin Skeeter is not on TV. I just happen to look around, and I'm like, all right, what's this? So I start watching, and I'm like, oh, shit, I completely forgot, you know, nothing out of disrespect. I completely forgot about this show because oh, yeah. I wasn't clenched in it, and I'm like, Damn, they got a lot of people. They got a lot of star power in here. Oh, yeah, dude. Like, we had Kelly Rowland was on the show. My favorite. Uh, Randy was on the show. Beyonce's little sister, Solange, played my girlfriend. She's the girl that got pregnant on the show. Like, we just had a lot of people on the show. I didn't realize that Josh Henderson, who's on that one show, Dallas, and the other show he had, he was, like, the the guy who was, like, my – Nemesis. Yeah, your arch nemesis. Yeah, dude, we had it was just really, really chanty and another boom, man. It was a really good show. You brought up a name, Monica, right? Or no, I'm sorry, you brought up Brandy. Brandy. Monica was my like prepubescent crush back in the day. Don't Monica. take it personal. It's still one of my favorite fucking songs to put on. It's just one of those things, especially when you're having a bad day. That I know. So I know cool. Monica was great. Monica was great. I mean, Ashanti had a great song. She was like top of the charts when we were growing up and she's on coach carter leo is my girl though dude that one that's a, that's another tough one gone way too soon man uh oh, leo but ashanti ashanti was another one brother <laughs> but leo is my girl i mean i love a lot of people out there but like i, I listen i love hey re uh rihanna you know you're out there if you see this interview hi babe how's it going but i will tell you leah that is my Girl, lovely. That's an amazing voice. It's funny. The first time I remember the first movie I ever went to was Doctor Doolittle with Eddie Murphy. It's the first movie I went to the theaters and stuff. And she had that that song for you know Doctor Doolittle. Oh yeah, that was the first introduction. I'm like, oh my god. My first movie might have been Home Alone. Yeah. Or like Three Ninjas. Remember Three Ninjas back then? Three Ninjas was a great movie too. This is a great movie. And a little known fact, man, if if uh, if you know whoever was in there, Ernie Reyes Jr., uh, he actually played the stunt double for Donatello in the Ninja Turtle movies. And then he played oh. Kino in the second movie, Secret of the Ooze. 
So. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, dude. Three Ninjas is a great movie. It's fantastic. It's one of those ones you can still put on and it's still fun. Three Ninjas, like, I think, like, Terminator, like, like Home Alone, Richie Rich. Like, those are some of the first movies that I ever saw in the movie theater. Richie Rich is a great movie. Oh, you ever oh. see Batteries Not Included? Uh, which one's that one? It's like Ninja? an alien movie, but, like, the aliens are kind of, like, alive. No. It's called Batteries Not Included. It's, like... I don't know what happens if like lightning hits like a city, like a small town, mm-hmm. and then like kind of like Transformers where like all the appliances kind of like come to life. No, that one sounds for me. I wrote it down, so I'm gonna look it up as soon as we get off of here. Batteries not included. That that one sounds fun though, uh, especially in a time before Michael Bay, before he took over and made the Transformers what they are. Yeah. Oh, last question. I always like to end it with this one, and I think we kind of prefaced it uh, earlier. Okay. At the end of the day, right? This is not so much about Cousin Skeeter as it is yeah. about you. So at the end of the day, when everything's done, what's going to be your crowning moment as a person, as an actor, and as a human being? What do you think that would be? I think when, I, when it's all said and done, they'll say uh, Rob pulled one as he climbed. <laughs> I knew I knew, I had my allegiance. Like, I still have my same agent. I still have my same best friend since I was five years old. There's never been a best friend of mine or a friend or somebody I couldn't help that I didn't just like, hey, if I'm going up, you're coming with me. And however big or small, whether that's a shirt off my back or getting somebody an interview they never would have got or something like that. You know, a lot, all my friends growing up, they're all in Cousin Skeeter. They're all, they all had jobs as extras on my show. Yeah. I like, cause they, they said they needed kids and I would say, well, put my friends in that position. So a lot of my friends who maybe couldn't afford sneakers and stuff all made their money, made their hundred bucks a day working on Cousin Skeeter as extras. And I, I never, ever, ever forget where I came from. Ladies and gentlemen, that is how you do being a human being. Brother, you're a model citizen, man. I couldn't have had more time. I can't tell you too much of what we talked about. We were all over the spectrum, but that's the great thing about this podcast. It's what's in my head, what's in your head, and that's what all we're talking about. We had a good time, man. We're going to have to hang out some more, too. You got my number, so. Hey, brother, you just let me know. I have no life, essentially. It's between cooking and podcasting and raising some kids and playing with my dogs, right? So that's pretty much what I do. What's your dog's name? I got, I got four of them. So I got uh, two Huskies, Ollie, which is my female. She's my favorite dog. Uh, you know, you're not supposed to have favorites. That was our favorite. But yeah, I, I got her as soon as I got out of the Navy as a, you didn't die in the Navy gift, right? So I, I treated myself. I always wanted a Husky. The other one is Diggle. Those two names are off of a show called Arrow. So Oliver Queen, Green Arrow, and then Diggle, David Ramsey's character. So those are gotcha. my, and then I've got an old pit. His name is uh, Louis. He's a rescue. And then I've got a little French bull, uh, French bulldog that my wife picked out. She's uh, 25 pounds of just straight terror. She thinks she's a Rottweiler. Uh, her name is Callie fantastic the, dog. The, the, the french bulldog's not named louis no nah, man so the only reason i named louis louis is my my favorite disney movie back in the day the old school animation was uh the jungle book and king louis the big old orangutan yeah so but I, king I, louis is like the french king so i thought the french bulldog would be named louis nah she, so she's a she's a female and that was my wife's dog so she named her uh um, gotcha. i don't even know how she came up with cali i think we got her right out of when we got out of california when we were still stationed in san diego um but yeah was that uh, Pendleton or what no I was in uh shit you caught me off guard um I was on wet side it was um I was on the air uh, not the air side uh shit 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 North Island is where I was at NAS North Island gotcha. uh, station out there HSM 77 so if you guys are watching the Sabrehawks I think they're now in Japan 
Um, but yeah, I was out there for a little while. Man, beautiful place, man. 75 degrees year round. No mosquitoes, right? No mosquitoes. No skeeters whatsoever, brother. It was great. Um, I love yeah, it. I've been, I spent time going, um, I mean, I've been to a lot of bases, um, but you ever been to Fort Bragg? Where's that one at? It's like Georgia, yes. Mississippi, like Cuss. It's a whole city. Yeah. Bragg is huge. Huge. I mean, they got malls in there and stuff. Yeah, oh, my, I uncle stationed, my uncle was stationed over there and we, uh, uh, it found, I found out, it's a weird story. I'll end it with this. I found out that, you know, feet stink, right? Eventually, right? So I'd been wearing the same shoes all summer, right? Basketball all day. We played AAU. We played YMCA. We played everything we could get. My shoes had holes in them, essentially, right? But I loved these damn shoes. And I passed out, you know, in the car. My mom's driving. My older sister's in the front seat. So they were throwing stuff at me. My sister was throwing stuff at me while we were driving. And I didn't realize my shoes had came off. And that's essentially the quickest way for a growing guy to get kicked out of a car with a bunch of females is if your foot slips off because you've been running these shoes, holes in the ground, right? And uh, yeah, so we got to Fort Bragg and that's the first time uh, I ever got, I got brand new shoes instantly coming out of a car. It was great. It wasn't a new school year, so it was fantastic. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> so that was, the, that was my Fort Bragg story. Yeah, man. Shout out to all the armed forces out there looking out for our country and we appreciate y'all. And I appreciate you. I had a great time with you. We're gonna stay buddies. We're gonna have to have a grill off. I mean, I'm bringing my chef Bob. I got my white apron and my or my white chef's coat, double breasted with the red apron. You know what I mean? Real classic looking. Hey man, well you let me know. I get you. My grandma makes some great aprons, brother. So if you want an apron, you let me know, and then I'll send you out one. Um, All right, sounds good. I love it. All right, man. But thank you again. I taking the time for me. I loved it. You have a great day and stay safe, brother. You too. God bless you, man. Good buddy. Bye. Later, y'all. Thanks again for checking out the What's In My Head podcast. If you're digging what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. That will help other fans of animation and pop culture find the show. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button, tell a friend, and I'll see you guys and gals next week. Good night.